Hey, Frogcast fans, here's another fun interview that I did. Uh, Bobcat Goldthwaite directed this comedy, eh, not comedy, this concert slash road trip movie where he and uh, Dana Gould go on the road and do stand-up together. Like, they get up on stage together and do it as a duo, not like just one at a time. Um, well, you know how Matt and I generally feel about comedy specials, but this one I really do like. Um, it's sort of a mix of them on stage, them on the road, uh, some footage of them as younger comedians and the stuff that they're telling stories about. Um, I think that's probably why it doesn't feel like having to sit through a whole comedy special like some of those can. Uh, anyway, the movie is called Joyride. That's out as a streaming rental this weekend. Uh, it should be available for pre-order. Again, the movie is called Joyride. And I think that's all you need to know. Um, at the beginning of the interview, there's a part that gets cut off. It's, uh, that, that's where I'm asking Bobcat about the poster that he has behind him, uh, which is of Barry Crimmins. Uh, I got to interview Bobcat about his, uh, he did a documentary about Barry a few years back that was called Call Me Lucky. So uh, that th- I did that interview a few years back, and then I interviewed Barry when his special came out later. Um, he died in 2018. That's why Bobcat calls him a drunk ghost. Anyway, I think that's about all you need to know. I enjoy talking to, always enjoyed talking to Bobcat, and Dana was great. So hope you enjoy it. <laughs> I'm doing a narrative uh, version of Call Me Lucky with Judd Apatow. And, um, oh. But the, it, it's uh, working on a while and uh, it's hard weeding out like, it's very hard uh, mm-hmm. because uh, I, I, I want it to be a good movie and um, I want it to be honest. And, and I also, uh, don't want to be haunted by a drunk ghost that's <laughs> that's the reality of it is it going to be like with the him at congress in congress and stuff like that like do, when he was testifying? yeah i mean that there's that that but i i mean what's probably made it harder is i've been trying to tackle a bigger slice of him but i do agree like i i think biopics that are specific chunk of time are, are more interesting than cradle to the grave mm-hmm. uh biopics but um you know i mean i don't know i yeah. some of those work though i guess seems like easier at least than trying to do a whole lifetime of someone yeah first of all we were all born right <laughs> yeah <laughs> this, that's not too outrageous yeah um, do you know is uh, is Dana gonna jump on with us or do you know what the yeah the I mean sometimes Dana is uh, uh, as much of a luddite as I am some mm-hmm. Dana um, uh, he he's got a landline that sometimes <laughs> screw up stuff let me see oh, there he is I know this is <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you're recovering from uh, all the Shatner news I'm sure that's <laughs> I'm sure that's what. <laughs> It's been, a, it's been a tumultuous day for you. He he came back okay, right? <laughs> no, he, he came back. The okay part is always up he's, for grabs. He's not the same. I'm sure George Takai is quietly furious. <laughs> quietly. 
you know, um, Bill, Bill really shouldn't go to space at all. <laughs> Did you see the footage of, of, of Bezos not letting him get a word in? No, I haven't been. At, oh, it's really good because he's like he's Shatner's almost in tears. He's like, this experience was just and the and and and. Bezos and his knuckleheads are popping champagne and they're doing everything. And at one point, he, <laughs> Bezos walks away from Shatner while he's talking. And you just see him crestfallen. It's hilarious. Uh, hilarious. All right. So uh, what made you guys want to do this tour as like a duo? This is neither the time nor the place. <laughs> well, uh, we we just like the idea of doing rock clubs together uh and we wanted to see how it worked if it would work and so uh what happened was is we would come out and we would goof around and see who was going to headline that evening by flipping a coin but we both quickly learned that people were enjoying the part of dana and i dicking around on stage together uh, uh, uh more than our actual stand-up i mean what yeah yeah so, True. so so we just said let's let's just not let's just go on stage together for the whole time so that's that's how it became the show. yeah the, the 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 act quote unquote uh it grew it was very or it was very organic because we were doing uh, you know doing tandem shows bob would go on and i would go on or i would go on and bob would go on and we would dick around a little bit and then it was we were in Maryland and uh, we said, it was like, let's try to stay on stage the whole time. And Bob, I know what I know, Bob's material. Bob knows my material. And as we talked, we would queue up a bit and Bob would move forward and I would uh, I would step back. And then and then it became a, a kind of a, it was great because also the, the show was never the same twice. Yeah. So it, yeah. It, it, that's what I'm, I like about the movie. I'm really happy when there's some genuine ad libs that are going on yeah. and they're between he and I and, 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 and the audience. But, you know, I couldn't have done this any earlier in my career because I could not handle someone else getting all the focus at any point on stage. <laughs> so I would have been in full on Jerry Lewis overdrive, <laughs> feeling the focus, you know. I mean, aside from like the clash of egos, not allowing one of you guys to go first, like did it did it take some pressure off, uh, not having to like oh. remember a set? Yeah, it's so funny too. It's like so now Dana will remember something I said, and then he'll tee it up, and I just look at him <laughs> like a stroke victim, <laughs> and I don't know what he's talking about. You, you know, know, Bob, these baseball players have funny names. <clears throat> <laughs> uh, yeah it's uh actually i haven't noticed i i don't follow baseball <laughs> that's, that's <really> true <laughs> but no that did happen the other day I was yeah like, i did i just looked at him like I, 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 why are you talking why are you looking at me i don't want you going down to the old willows place you know uh, it was kind of like uh you know it's 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 a little bit like uh uh, Chip and Dale up there, uh, not the sexy Chip and Dale's. The yeah. Chip and Dale, like after you, no, after you. I insist. Yeah. So, so, so we do a fair amount of that. I think of it as as Jerry Lewis and Duke Mitchell. I like it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny that 
that when we haven't seen each other and we get up there uh uh for a while the the, the that first 20 minutes is kind of fun because it's uh uh we don't know what where each other's going and and it's genuinely uh it's the things that have that we've wanted to talk yeah. to or about and th that's the most spontaneous that's kind of fun and it, and it is it is true that this uh, I, I agree with Bob that, you know, this wouldn't have worked 10 years ago. Um, but we're both at a place in our careers and in our, you know, maturity where, yeah, yeah it's fine. Go ahead. It's good. <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, la la laughter is uh, th there's not a finite amount. If, if you get some, it doesn't mean there's less for me. It's <laughs> you be my guest. Right. Um, and uh, and we both have a lot of uh I'd like to think we respect each other a great deal. And uh, um, so it's uh, all of that stuff isn't an issue. So we can really just enjoy it. And, um, you know, the yeah. term the term word jazz is thrown around. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's uh, uh, I will say this. Uh, uh, it, it, we do enjoy the hell out of each other. And I, I yeah. think. I think that's hopefully what the audience catches on to. Right. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. I mean, 100%. like comedy duos, it seemed like there used to be a lot of them. And then they sort of now I can't really think of any that aren't like twin siblings. Is it do you think there's a reason that like the the, the comedy? duo? <laughs> it's really, has it's really true. It's really true. It's funny you say that too, because Jason Sklar lives literally five houses down the street. <laughs> so, okay. Are you sure it's Jason? Um, <laughs> yes. Yes. And it wasn't for a long time. <laughs> um, yeah, I worked with the uh, the Lucas brothers and and I would make a note on who was wearing had the red piping in the, his hat that day. Uh, yeah. And I never called him by the wrong name. And then the last time I saw him, I did. And I wanted to die. It took it took a long time to learn the difference between the Duffy twins. Well, that's weird when you're having a relationship with one. Yeah. Yeah. By that. Well, by that time, I was going to say, figured it out. <laughs> well, by that time, I'd nailed it. <laughs> That really sets the stage for quite the farce. It is weird knowing what your friend's wife looks like naked. <laughs> you don't know what we're talking about, and that's probably for the best. I can infer, right. you know, as I was there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like, do you think that there that that's going to come back? It seems like a winning format. In, well, in you know what's ways. funny? It's like I have a huge soft spot for that kind of stuff, like Martin and Lewis and Hope and Crosby. And I think the closest we've had, and but it's been years, would be the Mighty Boosh. You know, I, I you know, that was really mm -hmm. that traditional uh, thing where it's two guys that love each other. Uh, one guy's uh, uh, clueless and fun, and 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 drives the other guy nuts. But um, I was always looking for, uh, you know, I that you know, uh, briefly David Bowie and myself talked about doing uh, an act, um, and then um, now I would have done it, and even a couple years later I would have done it. But like when he wanted to do it, he was like, okay, I've started looking into the gig, small venues, and he met two thousand seat halls. <laughs> you know and, and they would have killed me and i was like saying yeah. no man it's just got to be my show and you happen on stage because that's the only way i'm gonna yeah. you know 
not, but now I, I would have went on and, you know, I'm trying to do a nice song for these people and you keep interrupting. <laughs> I, I, I would have had, had a ball, you know, but I um, always get I always get the call after Bowie passes. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, Tin machine. No, people. No, I can't. I can't just spill in. So I uh, I uh, yeah, I, I, I so. So we don't have that traditional thing, but what we do, well, have we do, that, and, we do and, we, and we don't work, we don't work on stage as a conventional team. We don't set it. It's not Simon and Garfunkel. It's Pete Townsend and Ronnie Lane. It's like, I'll do a song and then you do a song and then I'll do a song and then you do a song. I um, would say uh, more uh, Lenny Kravitz and um, <laughs> Lenny Clark. <laughs> Rick Springfield. No, I, <laughs> I, I think, uh, yeah, but, but, but I will say this about, about, about the show is what it, those, the good shows, the good duos, uh, genuinely had a love for each other. You know, that, that's why you can't just make it, you know, you can't, it has to be organic. And, 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 and we're not doing that traditional one guy's interrupting. I'm trying to do a nice show and you keep interrupting, but we're doing, um, but we still do have that admiration for each other and stuff. Right. I really, I mean, I enjoyed the, the in-between comedy parts of the movie. Um, and, you know, like just as a sort of road trip thing, did you guys ever consider maybe like eating a lot of fancy meals along the way and maybe like doing some Michael Caine impressions at each other? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was ego surfing last night and I, and, uh, uh, you know, it says you can pre-order on iTunes and then it said, uh, uh you also might like, and it had the trip. Well, that's a good sign. And that made me really happy. Uh, uh, yeah, later, I, later, yeah, Michael Caine, the voice is back in her throat. <laughs> <laughs> I can only do uh, uh, me. I, I can do <laughs> I can do eighties me and this, and that's it. Um, it seems like this. It's you kind of get to do the things you like about stand up without necessarily uh, having to do traditional stand up. Like, what is your relationship to like the medium? Were there ever uh, times yeah, where you, like, will... disliked it or doubted it yes um the the goal of the tour was the other 23 hours it was i hate traveling alone living alone especially when you know bob and i were, were adults we have partner uh, romantic partners uh children uh you know we're very i'm very socialized and uh you know being alone for a lot of time is a drag i was like hey we can we can be alone together. This is great. Um, and uh, and then the uh, the the stage act grew out of the stage act grew out of uh, that necessity, I think. Yeah. I also just to get out of comedy clubs, you know, because because, you know, these are rock venues. So these people came to see the show and they knew it was us. They weren't there because it was a, a date night and, or it was a group on or, right. or whatever. They were there to see us. And and the two of us together, the draws a little better. And and then the you know the the funny thing is is like the two of us together, you know, we were this little unit. You know, the, the shows would start running to two to two and a half hours, two hours yeah, forty really minutes. True. You know, and 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 we would kind of leave it all out there, and it was really cool to 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 night after night. No, and, and really be a. 
And we, I would be really astounded at how long we were on stage for, because like that felt like an hour. It yeah. was two and a half. What? Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. And uh, to have the audience uh, react, stay with you, and, and to stay with you that time. Yeah, even more than that. Like at the yeah. end, they'd be so so uh, enthusiastic by the end of the show. So yeah, we we did get we get a the I don't say this in in any way. Uh, I'm as shocked as anyone. We get a lot of standing ovations, which I'm not used to getting at the end of a stand-up set. Uh, and um, I, I just think it's because uh, it's what whatever we're doing and whatever relationship we have seems pretty sincere. And I think that people appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And also they're excited that we're ambulatory for two and a half hours. <laughs> exactly. They're happy yeah. that we actually could stand up that long. I mean, on that note, yeah. what exactly happened uh, with the car accident? Oh, it's a, you know, uh, here's the thing. We, we could see the venue from our hotel. It was probably two and a half minutes. And both of us, like knuckleheads, uh, didn't wear seatbelts. I watch reality shows now and I'm like, put your seatbelt on. Oh, God. <laughs> But so, but so goddamn true. So we got yeah, we got T Bone. I, I really did, you know. I there's a lot of the T Bone literally pulling into the venue. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So the people who rushed to our aid were ticket holders who were like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you're hurt." Fuck, there's no show. Mm. Um, <laughs> but I don't remember the accident. I don't remember uh, much around those days, and um, it took me about uh, uh, probably like three or four months before. Uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm, I'm all right, I guess, you know, uh, I know that, you know, but it was just this weird thing where you're sitting there going, um, Dana's talking to me, I have to answer him. Well, it's Dana, so probably just laugh at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I, go, <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. I mean, you didn't have you didn't have like an NFL doctor there to check you to make sure that you're okay to go back in the game. Like, what was the process of deciding when it was oh, cool again? Well, oh, to go up and do shows again. Yeah. Um, that's a good question because we did go back. You know, the accident I think was in August, and then we shot these in the. Uh, early spring like uh, three weeks before the pandemic hit yeah it was, so, yeah, it was late well it was winter it was february of 2020 so the 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 um you know the pandemic plays into it because i i would have taken the material and just cut together uh, a strong stand-up special but because i had this extra eight nine months the editors and myself uh, you know, I, I could find a narrative and do a lot of research and dig around and find a lot of footage and things that um, it didn't exist. You know, so, some of that footage made me laugh. Is like uh, uh, my dad had a real love hate uh, thing with with me, I think. But but he he loved to tape me on TV. So some of that stuff is actually from my dad's collection. Mm. Um, and the funny thing is, is he didn't like to record the commercials so there's all the introductions are clipped in the outros like he he would stop and hit pause <laughs> once, that's amazing once when i was directing the kimmel show the show went off the air with jimmy uh wishing him a happy birthday and holding up a picture of him but my dad was too busy <laughs> hitting pause he didn't see it <laughs> um 
So Bobcat, why why didn't you like Dana at first, and like what was what was the moment? Uh, well, maybe not moment, but when did it change? Well, come on, look at him. No, um, uh, no, I, I, you know, you this, are this definition is not going to go over well with a lot of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the it's the threatening, you know, um, the you know you are what you hate, or as Mel Brooks says, you are what you mock. So you know, Dana. Um, I felt, you know, honestly, to really get down to it, you know, I grew up with Tom Kenny. I've known I was six years old to say that I wasn't influenced by Tom Kenny would be ridiculous. I, I think he's the funniest person I've ever met. Um, and Dana, I was, was kind of influenced by Tommy. So I, yeah, I, in, a, in a, in a, in a big way, Bob, Bob lived in, in Boston with the, our, our two friends, Tom Kenny and Dan Spencer. And then Bob moved to San Francisco, but, but Bob has known Tom since they were six. Yeah. Then so Bob think- moved to San Francisco and I moved to Boston and became friends with Dan and Tom. And absolutely at that age, 18, 19 years old, absorbed Tom's personality. And I think uh, in, a, in, a, in a shamelessly, by the way, and I wouldn't have liked me either if I was Bob. But my bullshit thing would be, you know, in my head, I, I feel like I'm defending Tom Kenny. But reality is Tom Kenny can defend himself and Tom Kenny didn't have a problem with it. So so the real subconscious reason, I believe, was that I didn't like the part of me that was derivative of Tom. And didn't. so I, I, I attacked Dana. And also. Um, and, and now we know the road to freedom is that Bob and I together have to kill Tom. Yes, we have to make a skin suit <laughs> out, out of Tom Kenny. <laughs> Um, but Tom, but you know, the uh, other thing is, is, is I'm, I am, uh, I've never been a person that's on off stage. I've always been punched the clock funny, you know? Um, I like watching my friends be funny and I like laughing with my friends, but I, when people are on, I, I, I just have a problem with it. And, 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 Dana was very needy and Dana would be on. And when someone was on, I, I would, you know, I, I do believe that that has probably has a lot to do with my relationship with Robin. I think I got close with Robin because I wasn't interested in riffing with him and I wasn't interested in, in him when he was being funny. Of course he was funny and brilliant and a genius and all that stuff. You know, I, I wanted to hear how he was doing and what was going on today, you know? And I wanted to tell him about my day. <laughs> was it was it also that like you'd moved away and he'd replaced you in the friend group somehow? Um. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> What's so funny about that is I thought that's what it was always. <laughs> oh, it was something else. It was, something else. <laughs> it was your personality. I got a I got a text from Spencer this morning, by the way. I I was texting um, it too, but it's funny that you're like. Uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I move away, and and Dana's wearing my clothes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's not that it's not that far, and also, like you know, at, at the at the time, not to belabor a a well made point, um, I grew up in a very 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 small town, and uh, I literally didn't know. I, I I didn't really meet people that I didn't know already until I was left my hometown and went to college. And that was right around the time that Bob met me. I was a kid. I was 18, 19. And emotionally, I was probably 13 or 14. 
just by dint of my upbringing. And uh, yeah, I, I, I cringe at uh, thinking of what I must have been like. And as I've, I've said this, you know, so many times, but uh, like I, I meet people that knew me before I was 30 and I'm just like, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm really, really sorry. Uh, and, and it wasn't long after that, that when we met again, uh, well, we, we met, but like we were at a show at Largo and I think that there was a sense of like, oh, he's changed. <laughs> I'm going to talk to him. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it was a, a thing about, uh, both of us changing, you know, yeah. like, like, you know, um, you know, a, Dana changed, but you know, m- my thing was, um, you know, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? You know, and and I, I had a. That's called out. that's called marriage, Bob. <laughs> well, no, I had like a I had a rolodex of resentments towards everybody. You know, oh, this guy. Well, he did this and that, and he's you know, and that's why I don't like him. And oh, and this person, and it's just like you know, I said I just tossed that out and just kind of look, you know, uh, uh you know the human nature is we, we're going to step on each other's toes we're going to uh hurt each other's feelings um but at the end of the day uh, you have to ask yourself do i want to be right and isolated and bitter or or do i want to have uh, loved ones and friends um so you guys talked about teeing each other up for bits uh during the show so i, I was trying to find figure out is is you hating Jerry Seinfeld like a bit that Dana was trying to tee you up for, or is that just like a thing that he likes to goad you into talking about? Yeah, I think it's funny. Neither, I like, neither. I think I think it's like so so uh, that clip of him uh, on that show where uh, millionaires dissect comedy until it's not funny anymore, um, and are and are shocked when marginalized people uh, are offended by something that they say. Um, when that, uh, you know what the average Joe wants to, can relate to you in a half a million dollar car. <laughs> it, it just tears my cock off. Go fuck off. <laughs> wait, 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 you know. All right. So, um, so give him a minute and he'll warm up. <laughs> yeah, no, but, but I truly, here's the thing. I can honestly say this and, and I know no one's going to believe it, especially when they watch the thing. I really don't hate Jerry Seinfeld. I don't, I don't, it's worse than that. I don't care about Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, that's, that's the, that's the hardest word. I mean, I don't sit there and go like when I watched him say that stuff, it, it was like a, you know, the RCA Corolla, you know, RCA dog looking into, I was more like, see, like, I, you know, 20, 25 years ago, I, I would say a lot of vicious things about the guy. And I kind of, I kind of thought it was over. And then, I mean, I was very vicious. Let's not kid ourselves. But, but um, I kind of thought it was over because I was like friendly with this manager who's a real mensch. He's a really nice guy. And um, yes, he is. And then, um, I mean, maybe I should have reached out or something. But, but then he did that thing, and then he was like saying on uh, in an interview he said that was his favorite part of the season and he's like you tell him i said that and all that crazy stuff and you know it was i i just felt like like i had to stop celebrity bashing in my act because i didn't like how it made me feel so that's really kind of how i became more and more of a storyteller but the funny thing is is just like when he it's like 
It's like, I'm this retired gunslinger. And then Seinfeld shows up in the town and he's like, Goldthwaite. You know, he calls me out and I'm like, oh, man, I'm out of this game, man. I'm out. It's like, Goldthwaite, I want to talk to you. about every... I go, I'm going to embarrass my friend Bridget until you come out. And I go, okay. So I take the 45s down. I'm like, man, you really don't want to do this, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so then it's like, all right, you want to, you want to go back and forth. You really shouldn't do this. Cause uh, the other reason he shouldn't do it is as soon as he did that, people were trying to figure out who he's talking about. And then they Googled my name and Jerry Seinfeld. And it's like, it just goes to clips of me talking about him banging teenage girls. And, um, and being a Scientologist enthusiast. <laughs> is that like uh, when you talk, you talked about not wanting to talk about celebrities anymore. Is that like a hard thing to manage when, cause like when you talk about it in an act and you're sort of relating to the audience, it's one thing, but then when that clip is like available and then that person that you're talking about can see it, it becomes yeah, how, another thing. How every, no, it, it, you know, I, I learned right away that whatever I said got back to people. Um, and that's not why, because that actually, it's, you know what I mean? Like, you know, the first HBO special I had, I was in my manager's office. I just kept getting calls from Sylvester Stallone all day <laughs> saying he was going to kill me. Um, <laughs> Actually, he said he's going to rip my heart out. So technically, if there was a Jarvik 7 or Pig's Heart. But, you know, <laughs> I remember my daughter had been born. And uh, I, I, they're finishing the edit on the HBO special. And I'm on a pay phone. And uh, I'm going back and forth seeing my daughter because she was in the hospital for a while. And and um, and they wanted to know if I wanted to cut this stuff out about Stallone. And and and. Uh, and I've talked to Robin about it and Robin's going, oh, no, B, you know, I, I do jokes about Stallone all the time. You know, I do him doing Shakespeare. It's fine. Um, yeah, there's it, a difference between doing Stallone, doing Shakespeare <laughs> and calling him a draft dodger. <laughs> you know, uh, so. Uh, yeah. Still true. Right. But but, you know, like Robin and I would sit there with legal pads and we would come, be coming up with ideas and. And, uh, and he. He would go, oh, that's too dark. That's for your pile. <laughs> he, he would say, he goes, he goes, I can't say that. People will hate me. Dana, is um, there, are there any like celebrities or comedians that you would like to take this opportunity to start a uh, beef with or? Oh yeah, that'd be great. That'd be really, that'd be... <laughs> Jerry Lewis. Uh, no, and, I don't, uh, um, I don't, uh, it, it's kind of like what Bob said about, like, I don't, I don't care. And, uh, you know, and I know there's a, I, I have a lot of uh, friends, very, uh, very close friends. Uh, and I'm, I'm not talking about Bob uh, that are, are, are very uh, uh, monitor the comedy civil war of, you know, the bro, the bro comics versus the, and, you know, I have, I have three kids and a whole other career as a writer. And like, I, I wish I had the time to keep up with Joe Rogan. That'd be great. <laughs> if I had that kind of time, I you know, honestly could not care less. <laughs> but, but, but when you're bashing other comedians, what, or I should say, and what you're saying is, uh, they're famous. They're making more money than me. And, and I'm, I'm awesome. And I should be, you know, that's the subtext there. But as far yeah. as Jerry, 
Well, that's um, yeah. I was. I mean, I, I mean, like, I could try to figure out what originally got me. I think it was just because he was so condescending when I moved to LA, and and he was, you know, he's so condescending. You know, I could like to think that I'm pointing out his hypocrisy, or, or, uh, or, or, or the fact that he's just so uh, mainstream or whatever. But the reality was is the guy was a dick when I met him, and I think I just put that in that Rolodex I was talking about earlier. <laughs> You know, it's funny. A lot of these things, they go back to the, it, it, they go back to the smallest personal thing. Yeah. Uh, the slights. That, yeah. Know. It's just the, it's those little, it's those little tiny. Uh, I think it's funny when I run into a comic that. that small humiliation. It's the small humiliations. That I like to think like I'm running comedians now. Um, uh, it sounds like I'm tooting my own horn, but they'll go, man, you were so nice when I opened for you. And I'm like, I don't remember you opening for me. And all I was was polite and told you that you could talk about whatever you want. I don't care. I mean, <laughs> you, made an, you made an effort to remember which Lucas brother was wearing which hat, which seems like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you just go, uh, I have a, a story about, uh, you know, I worked on the show uh, Friends of the People and it had Kevin Burnett. It had the Lucas brothers. It had Lil Rel. Uh, Jermaine Fowler, Joshua Benowitz, uh, all these people. And one day I was on the set and I was like, you guys are going to be so famous. And uh, one of Lucas' brothers goes, wow, you, you, you think the show's that good? I go, no, no one's ever going to see this show. No, <laughs> I've just been in show business long enough. I can tell how much talent is here. It's I'm just standing next to, I, I said it, I even said it. I go, I'm just like on a launch pad, just when the rocket is not launched yet, but the, that, that steam is pouring out of it. Right. Um, well, I think they told me I had 30 and I don't want to screw up the rest of you guys' uh, schedule. I can, oh yeah. We have other things. I can right. bother you all day if you, if you let me, but, uh, I really appreciate well, Dana's it. Gotta, Dana, you got to duck out. I get, I could probably stand for another couple minutes and I can talk. Uh, about let me, let me look at what the other thing is. Hang on. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Um, it's funny. When oh yeah. Like, shit. I'm late. I'm late. I do have to go. I'm sorry. You go do your thing. Appreciate it. Okay, I'm I'm doing an inter I'm doing an unrelated interview with uh, Beaver Hunt magazine. Oh yeah, that's, <laughs> a, that's a much more important publication. <laughs> okay, <I'll t> <laughs> who books that? <laughs> all right, I'll talk um, to you later. I'll talk to you uh, in a half hour. Okay, bye. Thanks. Nice right. to meet you. Yeah, uh, Vince. Yeah, thank you very it. much. Vince. Thanks for talking. Okay, to bye. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, I'm going to jump off in a little bit, but you know, I'll ask you one questions. last thing. Sure. Is, which is, uh, it seemed like I think if I remember correctly, you got through this entire movie without discussing cancel culture uh once and that and i um was just wondering like how you were able to manage that well I, i've I, i'll speak about me yeah i've never i've always said what i wanted to say on stage and people got pissed off and i either addressed it or apologized for it or doubled down on it and that's that's the that's the job you know uh i don't really feel uh, it just reminds me, cancel culture reminds me of back in the day when every city had their version of a shock jock who basically were very derivative of Stern. And, um, and all of them were always at odds with the FCC or they're at odds with another radio sh show that was very similar usually. And they were at odds with censorship and sponsors and stuff. And uh, 
the more they the more they attack that, the more their fan base grew and the more their fan base defended them. Um uh no nobody's freedom of speech is is, is in jeopardy, you know. You know, a lot of the, you know, um I just think now marginalized groups have uh, a a tiny bit of a voice, and I think there's people who aren't used to anyone saying, "Hey, I don't feel really cool about that," you know. <laughs> and they're, you know, I mean, I don't like I said, I'm not obsessed with Jerry Seinfeld, but 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 someone had asked me this question, and and he thought I was talking about him, but I guess it applies, you know. He he makes some gay joke, and then when people were upset by it, um, that was so foreign and shocking to him. You know, you know, I, you know, I, I say what you want. Uh, and if people get upset, uh, you should send them a thank you note because <laughs> it helps promote your thing. <laughs> right. I mean, you think part of it is that we're just not like our brains are not built to handle the level of feedback that uh, is now possible. Yeah, I think that's crazy. You know, it's like ego surfing is so dangerous, you know, like like falling down some rabbit hole when I'm reading somebody's opinion on me that wouldn't pay money to come see me. You know, I mean, it's it's it's. Uh, you know, it, it, the, the the social media is set up in a way that lies and anger can amplify it a lot more than fighting gets amplified a lot more you know um it's just really funny it's like like that thing the other day about facebook it's like wait so so this platform that was started by uh some ivy league bros so they could rate women's uh tits and faces didn't have the betterment of mankind behind it you know oh what a shock i mean it started from a shitty place yeah (laughs) It started, it went downhill from there. It started on some misogynistic bullshit and then it just went down. Yeah. Um, All right, I I gotta, I'm gonna have to try and transcribe this and I appreciate you talking to me (laughs) and I really like the movie. Uh, Thanks again. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. It's weird because, uh, uh, you know, normally when I edit anything, I I always have, uh, I have screenings for friends, a, a small some are some are people I don't know I'll show chunks to and others are, are people I trust but this movie because of the pandemic I never had seen it with anyone you know and um um so I I it means a lot when you said you like it yeah no it's still it's still new hearing from people you know yeah no, it's I, like it's, it's also like when you when I send it to friends it's a little bit like hey will you read my screenplay mm-hmm. it's like yeah I'm right on it you know <laughs> hey we you watch this doc about me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, I don't know that I would necessarily want to watch like two hours of like a straight comedy special or like, I don't know that I would want to watch that a whole thing about just a road trip, but like, right. because you mixed, you know, you mixed all these things, there's like history there and, and, uh, and, you know, you have the stage footage that seems uh, spontaneous and, and sort of yeah. in the moment. Well, it's, yeah. I, like I, th- it. I think, thanks. I think, there's a thing about like i don't care how brilliant the comedian is there's a fatigue that sets in at about 40 minutes 45 minutes no matter how great the act is and uh 
I think because there's a bit of a narrative and uh, that hopefully we uh, elude that, but I was going to say that no comedian, but you know, what's funny. It's like, I saw Andy Kaufman when I was a teenager and there was no fatigue because he kept peeling the onion back. Like mm. he came out speaking gibberish and then he's doing Elvis and then he's doing like a version of himself and then he's wrestling. So there was no fatigue because anytime you were, you're going oh we just cried playing bongos oh now we're wrestling women wait now we're all putting our arms around each other singing you know yeah. uh, oh howdy duties here i mean it was you know mental you know? i mean even with that bo burnham special which is like one of my favorite comedy specials that i've seen in a long time even yeah. that like when it goes to you know an hour like 15 or 20 i was like ah, this is a long time to watch like a comedy special even one that yeah, I think is it- great and the show that we were doing was two, two and a half hours, like we said, and 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 the the amount of uh, uh, archival footage we could have used was kind of limitless. But um, I, I on purpose kept it at about seventy minutes. I I, I you know mm-hmm. I mean uh, yeah I I just think that's 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 about as much as people can take a comedy. Yeah, I thought it was <laughs> the right amount. So thanks, man. <laughs> Great job. Thanks for talking to me. <laughs> That would be the review. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not too long. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's high praise for me. Vince Mancini <laughs> says, <laughs> I only peed twice. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, man. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.